0: Thank you, right? Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real life sequel? Statue? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast <laughs> and. They be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now! And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi! Alone there your films. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Sequel, the podcast where we pay respects and we acknowledge the greatness of sequels from the past and remakes uh, that try to outdo their predecessors. And we come here to kind of convince you maybe they have, or at least you should watch them. Uh, I'm your host, Chris. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're here for the first time, welcome. You think you're gonna enjoy this episode. If you're tuning in again, thank you for uh, coming back. Uh, if you uh, didn't listen to last um, episode, the episode was on Halloween two, uh, the uh, the the original remake, not remake, but sequel to the original Halloween from seventy eight. Um, but yeah, if you'd like to listen to this uh, podcast, we're on Spotify, iTunes. If you're listening now, then you already know where we're at. <laughs> but today we're talking about the first remake of this podcast, and uh, I thought I'd started off by uh, you know talking about one of the remakes that I remember a lot about when um, I was first starting to get into movies, and that is Zack Snyder's 2004 Dawn of the Dead. Officials have declared a state of emergency everybody they kill gets up and kills. Residents are advised to find a safe place and stay there. I've just been informed that we are going off the air and switching to the emergency broadcasting system. Look up the road, there's a lot more of them. Why are they coming here? Maybe they're coming for us. Sooner or later, they're gonna get in here. Our baby's already before. It's only a matter of time. It's coming. They'll find a way in. Oh God. And Dawn of the Dead uh, was written actually by James Gunn uh, of Scooby-Doo, uh, one and two live-action uh, film fame. He ended up um, obviously doing, uh, works for the MCU, and just, uh, he also did, um, Sliver as well, um, just, or Slither, excuse me, just a really awesome, uh, film writer and eventual director, um, and Zack Snyder, I mean, okay, so when it comes to, we, we have to talk about Zack Snyder in this episode, um, but Zack Snyder, to me, I think he gets a lot of hate, I get why, but for me, I've just never been on that boat to criticize him. I've always said, you always know when you're watching a Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder film. And uh, I think that's a good thing. I, I I think if you can, you know, get some sort of style that audiences will, you know, acknowledge that, oh, yeah, I know this guy's works because of the way these movies look or how they run. I think that's a good thing. Whether it's like maybe not the best trope, now if he's doing like really suss things you know in his films consistently then I'd start to worry be like this isn't a good thing Zach um but when on terms of technical stand um the technical standpoint of films I definitely know uh when it's a Zack Snyder film um and that is very evident here in the 2004 uh remake to Dawn of the Dead the original Dawn of the Dead came out in 1978 uh from George A. Romero and uh, that movie was awesome. Um, actually, I didn't see that movie until much later after I had seen the 2004 Dawn of the Dead. I was a little confused with how those movies ran. Uh, mostly because the first zombie movie I think I actually watched was like the Resident Evil ones. Because I loved playing the video game a lot. <laughs> Deep Underground Top secret research lab. Security has been breached. A deadly virus capable of contaminating the entire world has been released. Oh my god. We have to get out of this building. Who's that? It's the brakes! Okay, we're here to help. Now, an elite team has been sent in to stop it. Five hours ago, Red Queen went homicidal. Who's the Red Queen? State of the art artificial intelligence. The corporation's keeping a few secrets down here. But they have only three hours left before it begins infecting and mutating the whole human race. It's immune. Resident Evil. You're all going to die down here. I ended up watching Dawn of the Dead because uh, 2004, I mean, I was watching movies because like Lord of the Rings, you know, the Star Wars movies was real big during those times and I liked zombies in action, so I ended up watching Dawn of the Dead, so uh, I really liked it, I know it has a small following of sorts, I think because there's a new release from um, Screen Factory for the... For this movie, um, it, it's grown more in popularity. And Zack Snyder's obviously just grown so much as a director and, and in popularity in pop culture. So um, obviously Zack Snyder, who's done like Man of Steel, the 300 films, um, Sucker Punch, the Justice League, and then new the new soon-to-be Snyder Cut of Justice League we're finally getting, which I'm actually really excited for. Um, so I can't wait for that. Uh, but when we talk about Dawn of the Dead, we kind of have to talk about, uh, the original. So the original Dawn of the Dead is a sequel to George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. And this is one of the best trilogies ever, uh, when you have Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and then finally, the best, I think, in the series, original trilogy, which is Day of the Dead. And, oh man, Dawn of the Dead in 1978 was, uh, met with a lot of controversy. It changed the landscape of kind of like movies because well, you know, it tackled a lot of things like consumerism, racism, you know, poverty. It, it, it just it tackled all these things that, and did it so well. And we're getting a new Dawn of the Dead box set release from Second Sight, um, which unfortunately I didn't pre-order. I have the Anchor Bay Blu-ray. So for the time being, that should be uh, a good, a good enough, um, version for me, because it's hard to get in general anyway on Blu-ray, so I'm just lucky to own it, uh, but speaking of Blu-ray, I had, I watched, I watched the Dawn of the Dead remake on the standard Blu-ray, and man, it was a bummy, bummy disc, um, (laughs) so I definitely just need to upgrade to the Scream Factor release, uh, but the 1978 Dawn of the Dead, uh, takes place, um, the night where the zombie outbreak is happening, and you have a few survivors, um, played by Ken Forey and uh, Scott Rein- uh, Reininger, I believe is how you pronounce his name, and um, a couple other people, and they skip to this mall where they try to survive and outweigh- outlast the uh, the outbreak. Um, and then you get a lot of funny, goofy scenes, but also some really horrific, gory scenes, which are awesome. Um, and speaking of gore, uh, this 2004 remake has a lot of that. Um has so much gore that I mean Tom Savini's in the movie as well. Um I mean when I watched the movie after I watched the special features, which were kind of bare bones, uh, about the special effects on the movie. And man, they really, really for the special effects and makeup team, they really went all out for this movie. They had such a budget for it and it was just so impressive. Um but before we actually dive into the movie some more, I just wanna talk about Zack Snyder a little bit, because I mean he's the um maybe the main attraction besides just it being a Dawn of the Dead titled movie. So Zack Snyder, um, he likes to have low saturation scenes with really dark spots, and that's very evident in this movie. Um, slow motion action, really quick, fast action. It's weird. The 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 that the handy the, handi- the handlework of like the camera in this movie is so insane there's a lot of low low angle zooms there's a lot of tracking shots there's a lot it seems like almost like he was on a camcorder in a few scenes and just following this action there's a lot of zooming in slow motion like always with the action and another really big staple is it's it's going to have a lot of cursing it's going to be violent um you got to have a few a-hole characters um, and one thing I know Zack Snyder likes to do when I listen to his interviews for his movies, he says he makes movies where he tries to plug the V the audience into, uh, as if the mindset of maybe this was in my real world right now. Like, you know, when he did man of steel, he tried to create a Superman character as if it was in the real world we live in today, uh, to whether or not you like that movie or not, it's a different opinion. I like it. Um, And he tries to do that kind of with Watchmen too. I know Watchmen is just already as a graphic novel uh, kind of like set in that mindset. But Zack Snyder tries to take it even further. Um, 300, that's more of a stylized movie, so we're not going to even talk about that. Uh, But Zack Snyder, he's also going to be doing The Army of the Dead, um, which I don't know if it even has a release date yet. I know it's confirmed to be coming out at some point, but who knows with movies these days. Um, But that's what he said when he was... um, Making Dawn of the Dead, he's like, I want to make this movie like as if someone in the audience had woken up to this. And man, does that happen in the opening of this movie. Uh, but I really respect uh, Zack Snyder for that. I mean, I think he gets branded as being kind of like a pompous ass, kind of like a, a D-bag director. Uh, but man, when you listen to his voice, when he's talking in interviews, his voice is so different. I know I be- he's Canadian, if I remember correctly. Um, he just seems like this weird not weird but like this really nerdy geeky guy who likes these things and uh maybe he is not Canadian uh oh wait he's from Green Bay Wisconsin now I don't like him because Wisconsin is the state I despise uh, but uh he he uh he just has a an aura around him when he talks of like really enjoying what he makes I don't think he like makes a movie he doesn't like for the most part except maybe that Justice League movie for sure uh, but He's just, he's not who I expected. I expected him to be like a guy who's wearing a super tight affliction shirt with ripped jeans and like, you know, kind of like a Zach Bagans from um, Ghost Adventures of sorts. But he's kind of not like that. He he knows what he's doing and he, he sounds a little, I dare say, sweet in his interviews. Um, he loves his, his crew. Um, and the fact that um, he knows what he's trying to do um, in his movies, I think is for someone at his age when he was doing it it was pretty impressive. Um, I think he just seems like the new kid on the block with like that punkish attitude, but I don't think he's actually like that too much. Maybe his Twitter says differently. Um, but I can tell when he's making movies, he's trying to make a staple for himself because he is getting like these really big titles. Like, I mean, he's doing the DC movies. He was doing uh, a Gerard Butler 300 movie. Um, and then he's doing a remake to one of the best 70s horror movies that hadn't been done in a long time. I mean, there's a lot of pressure for the guy. Um, I do think, though, he has some problems in his filmmaking that I think he means well, but they never translate well on screen, But which we'll get into that in just a second. But yeah, Zack Snyder, I'm not like... A hater of his, in fact, I kind of enjoy his movies and I, I like to, you know, like see what he's going to put out next. I, I'm just one of those guys, I guess. I guess I'm one of those Snyder fanboys, but I'm not. <laughs> I just like his movies and I respect him, um, for that. I think, however, he's helped a lot in this movie with his screenwriter, James Gunn. I think James Gunn really helps the script for this movie because there are a lot of questionable points in this movie from Zack Snyder that I think James Gunn kind of. Kind of like throws the security blanket over and tries to like put some of that fire down because Zack Snyder is beyond perfect. He's he he's nowhere near perfect at all. Um, he's just a very visuals filmmaker, which makes the movie look cool. But when you think about it, is it cool? <laughs> you know, it just looks cool. Um, and, and you know, and that's that's my opinion. I mean, there's some people who probably think that. I think Dawn of the Dead is really evident um, uh, of this kind of this this this. Uh, kind of coexisting between James Gunn and Zack Snyder. Um, I don't know. I just think they collabed really well, but I think James Gunn really helps this movie a lot more than it probably should have, because I've, if we don't have James Gunn writing the script for this movie and you just have Zack Snyder directing it, it's going to look great, but it's going to be like, oh, this movie looks good, but it's almost basically like these Diary of the Deads, Land of the Deads, The Dead, zombie. Zombie Diaries One and Two, um, you know, like all these like almost straight to DVD zombie movies that came out after it. Um, and you know what? To a weird extent, Resident Evil, the live action movie, which I think came out two thousand and one or two, um, from Paul W. S. Anderson, who ended up also doing the Alien vs Predator movie. He he is not a very he tries to be a visual filmmaker in the in the those Resident Evil movies which aren't that great. I like them though. They're not good. He does the script writing and the directing and those movies have such serious problems. And I don't think it's because like the source material is bad. Resident Evil as a film as a gaming franchise is has a really great storyline for a gaming franchise that should translate well, especially for the genre it is into film. But because Paul W.S. Anderson was doing them, that just simply wasn't the case. The, the 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 CGI movies, uh, the animated movies are way better, um, but so I feel like Zack Snyder saw what Resident Evil, at least the first one, was, and was like, oh, that's kind of cool, and I can do that, but better. And he did. He he made a movie that's really stylized, um, and it's a newer script, but it's obviously borrowing from the original. But he. Makes the visuals look a lot better. Paul W. Anderson's action set, um, set pieces are not that great. They are actually, I mean, they're not great at all. Um, I just love that the gaming franchise, so I forgive the at least the first three movies. Um, but Zack Snyder, he, if he was doing a Resident Evil movie, I feel like that would be what Dawn of the Dead is. And I think Resident Evil's storyline and script is horrible. But James Gunn writes Dawn of the Dead, and I think it really salvages that movie from being a Resident Evil uh, interpretation in a way, um, because, I mean, the first Resident Evil, Resident, uh, sequel, Resident Evil 2, uh, takes place in Raccoon City, um, and, you know, after the first game, which was outbreak in, uh, a mansion underground, and the Dawn of the Dead remake, I mean, kind of takes place in the big city, you know, days after this outbreak happens, so it's kind of similar in that way, um, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but I started to notice that when I was rewatching this movie the other night, I also think, um, This movie, what it does really well for being an almost two hour long zombie movie, uh, which I think is a little too long. But um, what I do like about that is that Zack Snyder really tries to make this movie move on like very quickly, like the first 10 minutes. I feel like I'm on an adrenaline rush and it's actually kind of crazy how quickly Zack Snyder gets everyone involved because in the first Dawn of the Dead, the original it's kind of methodic in its approach to the opening 10 minutes of the movie with like this atmosphere and this going, like you have like the, the, the police officers going through this bill um, abandoned building where there's uh, the infected. And then in this movie that starts off with the character, Anna uh, played by, if I can remember her name, uh, Sarah Polly. Um, she's a nurse and she kind of hates her job in a way, but she gets home and her husband is there and uh, she's friends with like the neighborhood girl. And then he gets infected and, bam right from there like you get someone get rained over in front of her you get city explosions and it's just there's so much insanity happening all around the character of anna that which is my sister's name by the way um, and it's just like wow zach really wanted to let you know like this place is fucked and i kind of like that it, it it really got me engaged my heart was kind of pounding at points because it's been a minute since i saw this movie um because i've seen the remake not the, remake, the original uh, more recently than this one and i was just like oh i don't remember this part i like this uh, approach um but i think what makes this movie really special is the cast so you have sarah paulie you have jack uh jake uh weber you have ving rames from the mission impossible series he also plays um marcellus wallace in pulp fiction um you get um uh, makai pfeiffer who is an eight mile he was really great in that um, and then I'm trying to, you get a few other oddball characters and actors you've seen in like, oh, I've seen him in that movie kind of. Uh, but you also get, uh, the dad from Modern Family as well, who's such an asshole in the movie. Uh, but the big thing is also you get Tom Savini in the movie and you get Ken Forey and you get Scott Reiner or Ryan Rein- I'm having such a problem pronouncing his name, but the three cast members, um, from the original Dawn of the Dead, um well Tom Savini I can't remember if Tom Savini was in the original or not but uh obviously he is uh in you know 70s and 80s horror fame like he's an icon so of course he's going to be in it um but yeah I just really really like the cast of this movie I care about the characters um I think some of the characters make decisions throughout this movie that are kind of sus and questionable but um, I think it's obviously added for the dramatic effect and it's for progression of the storyline at times. Like, for example, Micah Pfeiffer's character, he's with the girl, uh, Monica, who's pregnant. So you get these tropes in these zombie movies, um, which we haven't even talked about the zombies yet, but the trope in these like 20, early 2000s to all the way to the end of the decade, these zombie movies all have characters who are kind of like tropes in a way, so... I don't know. In the Resident Evil movie, you, you kind of get like all hell on loose, but with like, there's a romance between the girl who's lost it all, usually with this guy that they like, and it eventually doesn't work out. Um, and you and then they have like their third character, like their third wheel is being like the action hard ass who's taking care of them. Um, you get that with Mila Jokovic and her love interest, um, in the first movie, and then you have Michelle Rodriguez being that third wheel, you get in Dawn of the Dead here, Sarah Paul Anna's character, and Michael have some sort of romance, even though she had to kill her husband in the beginning of the movie, um, she moves on and likes Michael, even though Michael admits, I, my, my worst job was being a husband, but best job being a father, uh, she loves that, <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a love interest there, but then Kenneth, Vig Rames ends up being the third wheel character, who's like, no bullshit, I'm gonna have to you know, carry everyone and protect them um, throughout the movie. So I like Vig Ramsey's character the most because he's the most sensible. Um, you get that throughout the movies, like zombie. The zombie diaries is always a romance, and then it's like you run into pieces of shit um, who try to take things over. It's just you know, there's always that trope of the, like, the three people. There's the romance, and then the person who's taking care of them. Even in the original Dawn of the Dead, you get that. Um, not saying that's bad, but it, it's just a trope that happens throughout this decade with these zombie movies, which I want to talk about next. Zack Snyder and his effects team kicked ass in this movie with the zombie effects. The zombies look amazing. You get armless zombies. You get grotesque pieces of their face-missing zombies. Um, you get them like puking. You get them slobbering. They're fast-running zombies, which, um, you know, which is interesting because with, with the zombie genre, you get either slow b- zombies or you get fast zombies. And you know what? I always kind of go back and forth between the fast zombies and the slow zombies, um, and I don't know where I stand completely. I've always, I like movies that have the fast zombies. I won't say, but if I love the zombies that are moving fast, I just like how intense the scenes get because they move so quick and fast. So like you get like *Zombieland*, this *Dawn of the Dead* movie. You get, um, I believe *Return of the Living Dead*, the the, the Dan O'Bannon film. There's are fast zombies uh obviously 28 days later which is like my favorite zombie movie um in 28 weeks later they're um fast moving I, I just feel like the the fast moving zombies they don't act add like the horror creepiness factor but like the suspense thriller aspects of it because these these things that are going to kill you and eat you like to shreds are chasing after you so quickly um i think that's Really added to the suspense. Whereas with fast, move, with slow-moving zombies, you usually get them in huge hordes, um, and usually it's an element of surprise. Um, like in the original Dawn of the Dead, they're slow, um, and like when they get out of the elevator, there's—I was waiting for that scene, and I never got that. In the original Dawn of the Dead, there's slow zombies, and they go up an elevator, and then bam, there's a bunch of them right then and they're about to eat them. Same thing in the Day of the Dead, and Night of the Living Dead. But in this movie, you get like a few of them here and there, and they're just like so overwhelming (laughs) and it just stressed me out so much um but yeah the zombies in this movie are really impressive they used a lot of extras um they used a lot of um like prosthetic effects um they did a lot of um actor molding so they could have these masks so when they get impaled it looks so real (laughs) it's insane um i really enjoy this movie i think the zombies steal the show i think james gunn's script shines through of course when he uh, was getting this movie released, he was issued death threats because everyone's like, the guy who did the Scooby-Doo movies is doing my coveted Dawn of the Dead remake? No way. But then, like, they all ate those words because they loved that movie. I mean, it has a 75% in Rotten Tomatoes, but I remember it being really successful and kind of, like, our generation's Dawn of the Dead, but, like, I don't think it has the legendary status at all of the original, but I felt like people were like, from the zombie movies that came out of the trenches of this decade, I feel like Dawn of the Dead still came out on top. I can't think of really any other zombie movies that did. However, it doesn't come without flaws, as per Zack Snyder movies. So, you get these actors, and they're kind of in the... They're they're stuck in the mall, and they kind of have to work together. Um, but you don't get too much characterization in this movie. There's motives that aren't... That, like, kind of pop up that, you know, you're like, where did this come from? <laughs> And like, for example, so I get it, like Micah uh, Pfeiffer, Andre's character, um, he, his wife is pregnant and his only interest is making sure that she survives and has the a child because he wants to make himself better. He, he was an ex-convict. Um, I don't know if that's a stereotype that's very tasteful. This movie does not age well with a lot of its jokes and its humor and uh, stereotypes, but uh, he wants his baby delivered, um, but eventually his wife gets bitten, and they hide it from the group, and she gives birth to a zombie baby, and I'm, like, n- I've never seen that in a movie before, but it's a zombie baby, and they're forced to kill the zombie baby, and I was, like, in thinking in 2004, what the hell is that, like, that is that on paper and like in a script that sounds so crazy and nuts and like I'd sign up for it but when you see it on screen I'm like oh my god like he did that um I, I I'm just I was so shocked by it um Vic rames character is a police officer he seems to be the only one with his head on his shoulders along with Michael's character and Anna uh, Anna excuse me everyone else like there's uh there's like just no motive for anything they're doing. CJ, the the security officer, he's just an asshole to be an asshole. Um and his three his two other coworkers, one of them ends up being actually helpful, but one of them, Bart, is just a piece of shit with kind of CJ. But then CJ becomes a better character later on. But I'm like, no, he was an asshole throughout the whole movie. So I'm not gonna forgive him. Um, even though he does help a few people. Um But then you get um it's just so weird. I don't know. The characters and their motives are just so questionable. Like, trying to get, like, the generator to work because one guy just wants to be an asshole and not, like, help them do it. One girl almost kills an entire group because she wants to save a dog. Um, the the dad from Modern Family is just a rich asshole to be a rich asshole. Um, and... I don't know. Michael Pfeiffer ends up once he sees a zombie. B. He kills uh, one of the characters in the movie uh, because she was like, uh, oh, well, there's a zombie there. You need. They need to die." And he's like, "No," and kills her. It's just so like an, it's almost like an annoyance. Away. It's like why? Why did we? Why did we do that? Like when they're, they're eventually they try to escape the mall. Um, one of the characters grabs a chainsaw that they use to like hack off zombies that are trying to get in the car that they're in. And he ends up, like, turning it on and, like, stumbling around, like, fumbling for a while. And then ends up just, sli- like, cutting off one of the characters, like, for no reason. I'm like, there's a meaningless death right there. Um, and then he ends up dying, and then there's a car crash. And one character just, you know, is so selfish. And I'm like, I guess at the end of the world, the characters are going to look out for themselves. But it doesn't... It, I don't know. I feel like Train to Busan does that kind of thing a little bit better with the motives and, like, the the reason for these actions. Um, but, which also had fast-moving zombies. But... This movie, just, they just do them to do them, and I don't think that was a James Gunn choice. I think that was a Zack Snyder choice. I think Zack Snyder has an identity crisis. He'll make a movie that looks great, but some of a lot of the storytelling and the emotions are not there at all. Like, Michael and Anna's relationship, I don't buy at all. Although unless he, she's like, he's cute, she's cute, they should get together. They've been together for a while. You know? Like, that's about it. Um, there's just... There's no meaning for it. The only relationship I care about is Andy and uh, uh, Kenneth's relationship. Andy's a old, older, a guy who runs a gun shop from across the mall who is helping them try to escape. Like I like their relationship on the whiteboard more. <laughs> uh, but and yeah, I, I don't know. If you come for a Zack Snyder movie to care about the emotions of the characters and their motives, maybe that's not going to be the types of movies for you. He doesn't do that super well. I mean, Man of Steel he tries. I applaud the trying for it. It doesn't completely work. Dawn of the Dead, it does not work at all. Gal Gadot looked miserable in that movie. Um, I don't know. Sucker Punch, I think there's really not that much emotion there. It seems like he was just so anxious after getting the 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 prostitution and uh, the, the, the sister dying aspect out of the way as quick as possible so he can get to the mechs and samurai gun shooting. Um, 300, I mean... There's, like, no romance out there at all. The only romance I have is with Gerard Butler's ass scene in that movie because he's a very fit guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, th- that's, like, my biggest issue. There's a lot of meaningless death as well, which I, I I handle a lot of gore and a lot of death in movies, and, like, I love a lot of it, and it's very entertaining to me. But, man, when it's a meaningless death, I kind of feel a little uneasy. I'm like, ooh, like, we just want to just kill somebody on screen. I just feel a little too weird about that sometimes. Um which you get a lot in this movie. Also, I have a problem with, especially with zombie movies, because you know people are going to die. It's just a matter of how they're going to die and when. Um, or I don't, like, attach myself to characters. I just, like, I feel like a part of the group. And when one of them dies, I always kind of, I'm one of those people who are like, damn it, if this person had done this, this person could have lived. Now they have to move on and make things harder. What would this story look like if this person had lived, if they'd done their job? Like, maybe that's a gift um, from Zack Snyder in the script maybe that was their goal was to draw the audience to feel in that mindset for those uh, those characters maybe I'm not sure but I just notice myself always doing that with zombie movies because it's about survival and I want as many people to survive as possible obviously I don't want the zombies to win even though the zombies are really cool um but yeah that's uh I mean Dawn of the Dead has a few different changes and it's a more modern update to the Dawn of the Dead movie it doesn't really focus on really any sort of messages like from the first movie um, like I said, there's a lot of tasteless jokes in this movie. I wonder if that's from the James Gunn canceling era, <laughs> because he wrote the script. I don't think Zack Snyder was like, oh, I want to have a a character uh, who is an organist for a church, but he's gay and he hates God. Like I want that in this movie, and I want him to kill this girl whose only existence is to be, um, you know, a bangable person for the dad from Modern Family to be with. You know, like I don't feel like that's in the movie. I don't feel like that was aged very well. I don't think it was a really smart move to put in the movie because it did. It does not age well. And you get um, from the original Dawn of the Dead Ken Forey, who starts delivering. He was the the officer in the first original movie. He's delivering on the telecast. Uh, he's a televangelist who um, say, is explicit, He delivers the iconic line of like when there's no more room in hell, the dead shall. Um, roam the earth he delivers that scene and um that's really good but i mean then it moves on to like because he's before he delivers that line he's talking about the justification for it and he's like saying like you have same-sex marriage you know you people are turning away from god and stuff like that and i'm like i don't remember this from the original dawn of the dead at all you know so it's like what is the message of this i i really don't understand it's just it just i don't know there's the you know there's name-calling in the movie that doesn't age well at all, which I won't say on the podcast. Hell is overflowing, and Satan is sending his dead to us. Why? Because you have sex out of wedlock. You kill unborn children. You have men-on-man relations. Same-sex marriage. How do you think your God will judge you? Well, friends, now we know. When there is no more room in hell, the dead I don't know if it's just because that's just James Gunn's script writing at that time in 2004, or was it, you know, the green light from Zack Snyder? I'm not so sure, but it was in there, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, those are just a few complaints I have with the movie. Um, I, I, still really like the movie, don't get me wrong, it has a 75%, um, I really enjoy it, it's a three and a half, five, four and a five star movie for me, I really enjoy it, it's a good time, I wish it was a little shorter, Um, But I feel entertained throughout most of the entire movie. And most of that also has to do with the score. Um, Zack Snyder has a really good taste of music, but it never progressed from like 2005. (laughs) (laughs) But he has like uh, Disturbed's Down With A Sickness is like the theme song for this entire movie because it's sang three different times from the original group, Disturbed, which was the new metal group. He has it like in a jazz score and then Disturbed again. And it's like, dang, Zach. And he also has other hardcore metal music playing, um, some jazzy light stuff from like the 90s. It's really interesting music choices, but it really fits the mood because they're like, they're trying to live on with what's going on, but then they're also trying to um, show like this is hell on earth. So um, I really credit that. I feel entertained when I watch this movie, even though I had to watch it on the Bummy DVD because the Blu-ray wasn't working. So Um, yeah, I got to get rid of DVDs. But yeah, that's Dawn of the Dead for you. I, I I just really like this movie, but it has flaws, and I think I think if people are gonna say, oh well, this is better than the original Dawn of the Dead. I don't think that's necessarily true, but man, I would say it gives it a, kind of a run for its money. But the problem it doesn't have, it does have that Dawn of the Dead from seventy eight didn't have is I feel for the characters a lot more from an emotional standpoint and the motivations. I feel for the like Ken Forey. Like I I care about that I don't I care about Kenneth in this movie, but I don't even care about Anna or Anna that much or Michael. Um, I care about the characters in Dawn of the Dead more, and I like I think the zombies, um, a little bit more in the mall setting because it it takes place outside mostly of the mall. It's like a brawl in the streets kind of thing, and it feels like Resident Evil apocalypse. Um, but in the original Dawn of the Dead, I like how the zombies are in the mall. I kind of like that. I like the mall setting. I don't like the mall just being. Like a, like a, a safety spot for these characters on like how to escape. I don't care for that too much, you know. So there's a few director director choices I don't care about in this movie, but overall I still think it's a really enjoyable movie. I think when it comes from the competitors of that decade, I think it definitely rises to the top. Um, I just think it. Resident Evil came out first, but I think Dawn of the Dead improved on what was it it, that movie was trying to do and I think it just had copycats from then on like George Remember's Land of the Dead I think kind of borrows a lot from Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead dare I say (laughs) but yeah that's basically it uh this is the first remake we talked about on this episode I think it's a very serviceable really good remake that I think is must watch zombie um in terms of the zombie catalog because there's a lot of them and it doesn't feel like Dawn uh it doesn't feel like well The Walking Dead. It's I mean it's years before Walking Dead. It feels like its own kind of thing that's stuck in a time capsule, which is good because I don't think it ages very well. I think day uh twenty eight days la- later I think works a lot better for being a fast zombie movie with also also having suspense where it's characters I care about. Now the technical filmmaking standpoint I don't think is as good. Even though Danny Boyle does direct it, Alex garland wrote a better script, I think. Um, Danny Boy, just I don't know, some of his direction choices weren't the best, but I, I think it works better for that movie. I just overall wasn't as good as maybe Zack Snyder because I mean, Zack Snyder is like gonna have dark, desaturated palettes, it's gonna have a lot of blue lighting, um, and it's just gonna be a really dark movie. So, yeah, that's Zack Snyder for you. Um, but if uh, that's all we have to say about Dawn of the Dead. If you like Dawn of the Dead, you should definitely try and reach out to the show at Insights Sequel on Twitter. That's how you can kind of talk to us. Um, You can also follow me on Twitter at HurtasticChris. We try to post every week here. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you should definitely think uh, think about reaching out to me. Uh, I'd love to have more guests on the show talking about um, sequels and remakes because there's a lot of good ones out there, and I know there's a lot of great opinions. (laughs) So um, if you really enjoy this video, please like it, share it with your friends, talk about it. Um, You can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, we're trying to make ourselves as, uh, as ac- uh, accessible as we can. Uh, you can follow me on my YouTube channel at Hurtastic uh, Reviews, um, that where we talk about top five movies. We do kind of some re- movie recommendations as well, we just show off Blu-rays uh, and physical media. So, um, But thank you all for listening. And remember, if you're not watching a Zack Snyder film, if you really care about cinema, <laughs> we'll see you next time.